Welcome to today's Life Coach Pod. I am so glad you're here for the show. What we have in store today is a good day. We have somebody super positive, super interesting, and we're going to dive in with Charlotte in just a moment. You can see her there. She has to wait and put up with me reading and reminding everybody what day it is. It's a, today is a Thursday. That, that one's a hard one for me. Something about Thursdays always get lost for a bit. It's April 2nd, or if you're keeping time on the new calendar, it's March 33rd. So for those of you stuck at stay at home, it's going to feel like March is going to last a long time. So I thought I'd start keeping track of that for you. I have a few time capsule moments of current events and things that are in the news. And then we, and I wanted to bring your attention to tomorrow's guest, Stacy Scott, who is a paranormal investigator. That's right. You heard me right. She solves crimes using the uh, sixth dimension. I forget what dimension that is, but anyway, she's going to tell us how she does it. I'm very interested to talk with her. And then I'm working up a show for Monday. Mondays tend to be motivational Mondays. It's, uh, I take the show by myself and try to come up with a topic that will help you make your life better. So that's what's on, that's what's on the short list. I'm still working on guests for the rest of next week. So let's start with some news, breaking news today that is or isn't uh, interesting, depending on who you are. The first thing has to do with healthcare. For those of you who have lost jobs where you had healthcare benefits, you have two choices right now with the infinite, infinite amount of money you have left from your severance, because you know, I'm just sure everybody's getting huge severance packages. I'm being sarcastic right now, I'm sure you're not. But it is important for you to know that you can then, once you are let go, if you had health insurance with your employer and you're let go, you can sign up for affordable care insurance. I'm not telling you it's affordable. I am not telling you it's the best insurance. I'm telling you, you can at least get it. And it is going to, in most cases, be less expensive than COBRA, which is what you might be inclined to do, but I'm going to encourage you to go look at the plans on the ACA because they are very likely to be more affordable. That said, watch your deductibles. If there's a chance you could get this virus, it's still unclear how we're all gonna be charged for that if we end up in the hospital. I don't think it's gonna break our way, but that's to be determined. Right now they're discussing that in Congress. So I have my political bias there. I believe there's one party that's really looking out for us, but you need to do your own research. So I just want you to know to look at the ACA and go check on that. It may be that you end up on Medicare or whatever, or Medicaid, there are different programs too. In some states, not all, like in California, those are integrated into the plans. In some states, they didn't, those states that tend to be more red, they didn't necessarily put in the um, public care plans in place in their ACA coverage. Probably one of the downsides of us being so distributed in each state fending for itself because you really are at the, um, your, I forget what the saying is, but you know, it's up to your governor on what kind of services you have. So this is a good time to get educated about how civic-minded and people-minded your leaders are. All right, there's my political discussion. The next thing you need to know about is small business loans. The Small Business Administration, SBA, has an amazing, amazing loan for anybody who even is a sole proprietor. And I'm talking to a lot of my podcasters out there right now who might be unemployed. If that podcast is helping you run your business, there you go. You can qualify as an SBA from my initial reading of the loan. I want you to go take a look at what's on the SBA does that COVID-19 plan, the, these loans, they're for payroll, 
and you need to figure out if you can pay yourself for the next two and a half months. From what I understand in the re preliminary research I've done, they're looking to extend this plan if we end up being quarantined longer. And if you're reading ahead, and I hate to tell you the rest of the story, but it looks like this thing's gonna come back with a vengeance in the fall. So there's a very good chance, unless we come up with some way to um, really mass produce a vaccine, we could all end up being quarantined again as we move into the fall. So look now at these loans and consider this as a very, very good way to supplement your income or to at least keep your, your home and the things that are important to you in the near term. SBA COVID-19 loans. And I'll try to get more information on that. I might end up talking about that on Monday because I think it's so important. There's so many of us that are gig workers like me who need ways to get money and we often fall through the cracks. So I might end up talking about that more in depth on Monday. And then the last thing, which is just, um, you know, classic, because what is it? We make plans and God laughs. Uh, we just, it just out today are the predictions for the hurricane season that begins shortly. They've already named hurricanes. So, and ironically, one of the names is uh, Marco, and I can't help thinking of Marco Rubio in Florida. So if that happens, that's just going to be an unfortunate coincidence. But what they're expecting, and the reason I'm bringing this up, is they're expecting a few of these to be massive, which of course makes my cynical mind say, just move now, sell that property right now, just get out of there, move to the Midwest. What do you need to be on the coast for anyway? You can't even go out there right now. So I think they were talking about as many as uh, three to five, uh, they're expecting three to five storms at um, category three to five. So I don't know how we're going to do this. This runs from June to November. I don't know how to do this when we already have medical workers that we're, that we're wearing out and we have first responders that we're wearing out and we have a FEMA office that clearly has exceeded its grasp. So I'm telling you now, start thinking about that. The way we plan for these things is gonna be different than any way we've ever planned before because we just don't have access to the same resources because things are temporary, temporarily closed and production lines are shifting priorities. So you need to think this through as hurricane season comes. And on that happy, happy note, I am going to, oh, I don't even have, um, I didn't change my guest up here. This guest should say Charlotte. I'm going to bring up Charlotte. Charlotte is, was, I talk about this, Charlotte, when I was teasing your appearance today, you were a lawyer and then your parents wept because you left the law. And, but I, I've, I've promised people that you didn't pay for law school like we do in the United States. So you'll have to tell us about that. But you're now doing coaching and specifically you're looking at, uh, you work with lawyers and specifically as being raised by a lawyer. That's an audience I understand who really does need a coach. So why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got, how you made this pivot? Yeah, absolutely. And I really loved that whole recap, by the way, that was really useful information uh, for everyone in terms of what's going on in the world. Yes. Uh, good. Um, so yeah, me, um, I started my career as a lawyer. We don't actually have JD. I'm a solicitor in England, but oh. that has a very different connotation over here. <laughs> solicitor. So you don't yeah. you don't become a JD over here. You're just solicitor sounds um, so dirty. Well I know. I have that's why I have to use the word lawyer. I'm a former lawyer. Okay. <laughs> but I'm a solicitor right. in the courts of England and Wales and um you know obvi obviously non-practicing now. Um and I practiced for seven years um in the UK. I was an employment lawyer. 
um, quickly like moved up the ranks in my organization and everything was going really well for me. Um, however, I was really burning the candle at both ends and I was often, you know, in the office late at night, sometimes until three o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, there was just aspects of um, life as a lawyer that I could kind of project and see into the future that it wouldn't necessarily serve me well. Um, you know, when I had a family, when I really wanted to kind of cultivate my future, this lawyer life wouldn't serve me. And I also had a lot of creative energy in there. I went into the law because I wanted to help people. And so at times, um, some of the work that I did um, as an employment lawyer for corporations didn't always serve um, in, in line with the values that I held dear <laughs> and so um you mean like actually helping the little guy versus the big corporation well i think you know there were examples of like companies having to make really difficult decisions like mm -hmm. layoffs oh, right yeah. now and, and actually that's no fun for anyone it's not fun for the big companies just as much as it is for the little guy but there was often you know situations where you might be managing someone out of the business and um you know it's it's just not that whole like feel good experience that you get you know in the coaching space you get to help people and you get to help them step into like their best selves. You help them to make transformations. And so, you know, there was aspects of my legal career that didn't really make you feel good in that way. Um, I love, I love that you <laughs> use the same language that we used in executive staff meetings, which is managing, managing someone out of the business. It's very <laughs> different than what's happening off where, you know, with mass layoffs, this is, absolutely yeah. exceptional time but i do remember it's like would you like to pursue your career elsewhere this these very nice ways we have of saying it in civilized language when it's like sorry buddy you gotta go and it's it is it did it used to make me sick as a manager so i get it i can't imagine yeah. you know you're there facilitating this because we got it we always had to have lawyers involved yeah yeah and and you know on the flip side of that coin as well you do um you know, you get some sometimes some very bizarre situations where employees might be doing some slightly unusual things and taking advantage. So, you know, it's, it's a two way street. It, re it really is. And, um, you know, I, I have lots of different tales that I could share with you regarding those days. Um, but yeah, so around six years ago, I moved to California and uh, that is where I met you. That's right. <laughs> and um, for a while, I was doing um, business consulting and um, marketing strategy. And again, there was something that just did not feel right to me about the work that I was doing. And so I kind of dug a bit deeper. And that is when I found coaching. And I had a coach myself and I just found um, going through the coaching process it was so transformational for me and I started to kind of dig deep into where my talents and passions kind of align and for me the answer was coaching and I really want to help people um, you know step into lives that they absolutely love and I truly believe that we can all live our own version of success on our own terms. And um, 
yeah, so that is what I now do. And I help predominantly lawyers, but I work with other individuals as well, business owners, entrepreneurs. But um, the fact that I have walked in the lawyer's shoes and I understand some of the kind of personality traits that are drawn to the law, such as um, perfectionistic tendencies, <laughs> for example. Um, yeah, it, it helps, I think. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's me. That's great. And you know, it's funny, there's two things I wanted to talk about. One is that, first of all, my mom would agree that when you become a lawyer, people change because she often would tell us the stories of how my dad changed. Once he hit law school and started practicing, he wasn't the same rabble rouser. Well, he still was a rabble rouser, but he just became more serious about certain things. I think the law kind of takes away your sense of humor because there's always a consequence, right? When you start to think like a lawyer, that's mm -hmm. the shift that happens. The other thing is I think is, it's interesting in listening to talk about coaching because I get excited about it too, but I realize what people don't understand what happens when you learn about coaching, when you go to school for it. And believe me, we both picked the same program where they put us through our paces. There's a lot of technique and um, real training that goes into this so that we have these tools to use to help people move forward. And I think that's what people, I think they think maybe coaches just are, think they're smarty pants or can help people because they've been there, but it's not that at all. That's just extra. That's if somebody's got a life experience like you have with being a lawyer, that's just extra juice. But the technique itself, we really train for it. It's a lot around communication and, um, and listening and really knowing how to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's important because I, I just want to make that distinction because I, I really want to hear about how you're approaching this idea of life design now because mm -hmm. That's what well, I know you're, you, I watch you do a lot on social media. You do videos and things that help with life design. So tell us about your approach. What is, how have you put this together for your approach? Yeah. So, um, my philosophy is, and, and this applies to all of us. This does not just apply to lawyers that in order to perform at our best and show up, at, uh, up as our best, um, you know, from the context of our career. Yes but also in the context of being a happy, happy human being um, being, you know, a great parent, being able to look after your health and wellness. Um, it all really needs to be considered when pulling together and designing your life. And what happens with a lot of individuals is they start their careers um, being really hungry and being ready to work incredibly hard and work those long hours and that is their goal that is their destination to you know reach a senior position within said organization this is this is often what happens and however um you know 10 15 years in people have started to you know, get married, have a family, their priorities change, their core values change. And so what happens is they become incredibly out of alignment because it's all been work, work, work. And then they get to a point where they're like, hey, where's the time for me? Um, you know, my health is suffering because all I do is work. Um, I have difficult relationships in my family because I'm never there to show up for them. And so these, these issues arise. And life design is all about looking at your life right now um, and taking stock of where you're at 
And then it is thinking about where you want it to be in the future. And then creating what the roadmap is from getting from A to B. So if I hear you correctly, because it's a, it's a little bit nuanced from the everybody needs a five-year plan, what you're really talking about is this is a 360-degree look at where you are now. It's really looking at the whole thing, the things that um, you may have actually shut out because you just haven't had time for it, and looking at how to shift all of those things as you move ahead and take a 360-degree look at that as well. So that's relationships um, knowing your parents are aging, seeing that you might have a special needs kid in the family that's finally going to be, you know, old enough that needs a different kind of help. All the, the things you don't even think about yeah. because you're right in your twenties, often you're in the noise, you're doing all the stuff. You're finally able to travel without anybody telling you what to do. You have freedom and it, it is easy for that decade to kind of go by without realizing how much of it is going by fast without intention, without intention, I guess that's it. Is that, yeah. is that what you, you found with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a really great phrase. Um, a lot of people just let life happen to them. And why, why not? <laughs> because we're never taught to think about these things. We're never taught to live with intention. And so a lot of people let life design them and we are taking that kind of concept and we're flipping it on its head. And yes, we don't have a crystal ball, but we can make conscious decisions of how we want our lives to look. And then we can start to make small micro steps towards getting to that vision. One of the things you brought up earlier that I think is important and um, worth spending just another minute on is you talked about changing values. So you talked about it first when you start working. Of course, that value is about proving yourself, about showing I know I can make money, I can get promoted, I can excel in my field. But we don't, again, it's part of this intentionality, but you, you think you have these certain values, your parents have beat it into you, right? You're supposed to be providing for yourself and you better be ready to take care of me when I get old or whatever. It depends on your yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes on a spectrum there. But the idea is, yeah, you, you kind of start out with these certain set of values, but then I think we sometimes forget to check back into what matters most to us. Is that yeah. in your experience? Uh, yeah, I think that that absolutely rings true. And um, sometimes people don't always realize until, you know, they get to a, a breaking point, they get to a pain point where they're, priorities aren't really in line with what they believe to be true in their hearts so you know that that shows up a lot in in terms of career and working long hours versus ah. family and that whole juxtaposition and really when um you know they they have experience and wisdom on their side they realize that actually what they want to be doing now is it's not all about the money it's not all about having this glamorous career really what it's about is being present with their families so yeah I think that so, so somebody's now if somebody had some extra time on their hands like 
I don't know, for this entire month of March that's going to go on until May now, where mm -hmm. might somebody just start to sit down, I'm going to say with a piece of paper or post-it notes or a whiteboard or whatever, and start, how should they start to think about designing their life? Like, uh, it's just such a, it's such a cool concept, but where might somebody start if they just wanted to start to write things down? What would they think yeah. about so there's two really cool tools that I like to um, deploy when um, we begin working um, together as clients. Um, and that is, you know, and you're familiar with this tool, Jen, the, the wheel of life. Mm. And so, you know, what we can all do is draw a circle on a, a page and we can add, um, you know, slice it up into a pie <laughs> with multiple segments. And you can add there career, you can add there your health, your well-being, how satisfied you are in your relationships. And you can break relationships down into whatever categories like resonate with you. Is it your romantic relationships? Is it your social relationships? Is it the relationships with your family, with your children? So you can kind of subcategorize that. What passions do you have? What hobbies? Um, and how satisfied are you in relation to that? Um, is spirituality important to you? That's something that some people like to include. Not everyone. How satisfied you are with your personal finances. And if you can kind of write down a score between one to 10 of how satisfied you are in each of those areas of your life, then that helps you to have a really good data point in where you're at and how satisfied you are and it will help to indicate which areas perhaps you might want to look at and focus in on you forgot my favorite piece of the pie which is fun oh my god <laughs> fun. Um, but your point is and i'm sorry i just love fun um the point is though that is if you start with your base so that's your baseline it's just like any type of baseline testing you do check in with yourself and really decide where you how you feel about these all these aspects of your life and mm -hmm. that at least gives you a place to start because right we had similar training the same training actually the idea is once you start to identify areas where you're like i'm not so satisfied over here or maybe this is why i've been feeling yucky or bummed even depressed because some of these areas of your life you've forgotten about neglected used to value when you were a kid and like go up me fun okay there's me but you know these are the things that give you that nurture you that provide the nutrition for your soul and yet you haven't fed it in forever yeah and it, i think it's really interesting what you what you're saying there about the the fun side of things and um you know for me and everyone is different right and this is like the beauty of the wheel of life you can put whatever you want in those segments to make your life complete and be whole um and so yeah fun is a really cool one to include and um you know for my for my wheel personally i kind of see my fun as being in my hobbies oh okay. my, my creative exploits and so so yeah but that's Ooh. that's a brilliant thing isn't it we all um i see fun as being something that you know, can be applicable in my career. If my career is going well, I have fun there. I have that's true uh, in my, yeah, spirituality. If I'm, you know, feeling nice and woo woo. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's a drum circle, spiritual, and can be hella fun, right? Yeah, just yeah. a drum circle. So, yeah. by the way, I'm going to name my next uh, true crime novel "Creative Exploits." I love that creative exploits. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, yeah, we yeah. can get lots of people to participate in that one. That would be a good one. Yeah, so but it's true. you're right. We do those things. Do they're not? It's not linear. They all interact, and it's all accept, accessed by different things that we do. Because you're right. I have fun doing work. That's why I made this up. Right? Why I do this show? Because this gives me great satisfaction, and I also have a good time. Mm -hmm. and t meeting with people who I care about. So this, you know, this is important to me. Um, yeah. Great. And so, okay, that's tool number one. What was the other tool? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So that tool number two. Um, I like to get clients to, when they first start working with me, they come to me with a problem. They come to me with that sense that, like, something isn't right, and I want to make changes. That's typically when people choose to start working with a professional coach. And so I like to instill in them that sense of possibility and get them really excited. And I think that this can be um, a really fun, exciting tool to use. Um, and that is just reflecting what do you want your dream life to look like imagine yourself in a dream day what you would you be doing what where would you be working who would you be hanging out with what would you be cooking in your kitchen you know whatever it might be what is your version of you know your dream day and dream life because i think sometimes a day is um a little bit of a too small data point but yeah, just start to imagine and write down where you want to be and what it would look like. Damn it, I want to be with Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart, having okay. drinks and just watching them. <laughs> that would just be so fun. But okay, I get your point though. It's, so the idea is strip away all the rules that you have in your head right now. Strip away all the constraints, the realities, the, the fact of the matter, we're all shut in our houses. But mm -hmm. if, if you could imagine sometime in the future, what would that dream day look like? What would be happening and mm -hmm. how you would be feeling about it? Mm -hmm. um, that's, that starts to build a future state that then you can start to evaluate and make decisions about and start to identify those things that you may need to start to move toward. Exactly. Exactly. So how do clients respond to that? That sounds uh, very cool. I find that clients really enjoy doing that exercise because it shifts them from a place of um, scarcity, a place of pain where they are, you know, really struggling in life to, you know, sometimes it, it may feel intangible and unrealistic, but it is that exercise of them being able to start to imagine and dream big and realize that, that you know, by taking micro steps, there is a future, there is possibilities, and we can go after this with the right support um, and the right strategy. We can go after this vision. And so, yeah. Well, I love it because it kind of, it, I think we don't realize sometimes we live with these handcuffs on where we have just created all these constraints without. Uh, to your point, without thinking about it, right? We did all the right things. We've done all the right things. And suddenly you realize, uh, I know for me, I woke up in my thirties and I'm like, I don't even have a boyfriend. How am I going to have a kid? Like, what the heck am I doing? And that caused me to do a whole bunch of change. Suddenly I realized, well, if I do this by myself, I got to get a house. I've got to, like, I just hadn't really 
for me, somebody who always thinks about the future, and I still hadn't done all the math, and suddenly in my early 30s realized I got to get a plan together if this is going to be something I'm going to do that's really going to be a different life. Mm-hmm. Raising a kid, having a kid by myself, and then raising her by myself and being the sole wage earner, I, I want that balance. I didn't want to be just a worker because, you know, working wears you out. I want to be available for her too. I'm so lucky. I did not know a gig working would be the, the salvation, but it really was. Mm-hmm. But that's your point is that it, until you stop and take a minute and realize what really matters to you, it's hard to create that life that you want. It, it's hard to know how to, you, you've got to, you've got to put things in place. Some of these things take a little, a couple of years to plan out, mm-hmm. take some work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I suppose I could have put that energy into finding a husband, but I don't know. I think I might be financially ahead at this point. So there's that. I, <laughs> I might be financially behind. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and, and I think it's very interesting because like none of us have crystal balls. And so in some ways, like visioning is an interesting exercise because we just can't predict what happens in our lives. But, um, and I'm trying to recall what the, the, the quote was, um, where it's like every decision you make is like a vote towards, you know, the person that you want to be, the life that mm. you want to live. And I really kind of believe that philosophy. And so, you know, I think that it's important to do a stock take and then just kind of have a rough idea of like where you want to be and then trust that, um, you know, if you choose to kind of take small steps, make those votes towards creating that life, you will get there. Um, And I also think it's kind of interesting, um, lawyers and to the extent that they experience anxiety and depression and how this kind of features in to like the whole process of life designing um because like over 30 percent of lawyers and this is all self-declared by the way so the the number is potentially higher have experienced anxiety and depression in their careers so like one third of lawyers who will have who will cop to it are unhappy yeah, twenty-eight percent. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, no wonder they're so busy suing everybody. I mean, that's just so sad. It just speaks to an industry, right? I mean, okay. So, yeah. go ahead. You were gonna say more, though. Well, yeah. So, you know, you make the statement. So, because everyone is busy suing, you know, suing one another. But when you are doing that work, it psychologically doesn't make you feel great it may for you know some people may thrive off that whole like level two energy so to speak but a lot of people struggle with that and it has an impact on their mental health and also like being a lawyer and and this is true in like a number of different you know professions as well but um trying to spot what is the worst case scenario um what might go wrong so that you're planning for the different eventualities and outcomes but then because like your brain is hardwired in that way because of like what you do for work you take it home and that perpetuates the anxious thinking because you're always stuck in the future preempting what worst case scenario is going to happen and so um i can really see that that shows up you know anxiety is worrying about the future and um you know certainly in these 
uncertain times a lot of people are struggling with anxiety because we just do not know what is going to happen um, and so I can really kind of see these these links and, and how it all fits together the connections and I want to clarify because you just mentioned level two energy and that is catabolic energy and if you listen to the first podcast of the life coach pod I talked about energy and that is the level where it is win lose which is super lawyerly unfortunately it's rare I mean it, it tends to almost be arbitrators and negotiators who are looking more for the win-wins the law is unfortunately typically set up at least in litigation to be win-lose so I can see how that does it just means you're living in that kind of unproductive yucky energy a lot because that's how you solve the problem that's basically how it's set up mm-hmm that is it's certainly in litigation um definitely and i think that um you know more corporate law commercial law where they're drafting contracts where they're being business yeah. lawyers then that has more of the level five energy um of how do we create a contract that meets um you know the requirements of both parties in this you know if the bargaining powers are equal and so that's kind of an assumption in itself um but but that's important. I mean, that actually, that, that idea of coming to the table with that kind of point of view is, I think we're kind of where we are in America right now, which is how can we figure out, based on the constraints, based on what we're dealing with, how we can get a win-win out of so many situations we're facing. So I like that shift, and I, I'm thrilled that you're um, able, as a former lawyer, to be able to come at this with such a um, fresh and optimistic perspective have have your parents noticed that you're different did they watch a change in you over time um that's a really interesting question because i'm not sure if my family still quite understand what i do <laughs> or, or believe that it is viable um you know the, the digital world and um, coaching it's all very new um, you know, and it's, and it's like, you know, a lot of people right now, remote working, going on Zoom, it's new to them, it's different. And so it can at first feel a little bit fear inducing. And, you know, why would you want to kind of change this for, for this? But I think that as I am, you know, getting more into this new career and this new business, then, um, yeah, they're, they're starting to see that, that this is, um, you know, a viable path and it really fits with what my talents are. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I think you're amazing and I want to make sure everybody knows that is listening that I will, I'm building web pages for every time we have a guest. So you can go in and find out how to contact Charlotte, take a look at her videos. I'll put up the wheel of life so you have something to work with. But again, to Charlotte's point, adapt it as you start to think through your own life and where you are right now. And um, please do this while you're streaming Netflix and eating your uh, chips. If you have chips, we didn't have chips for a long time. But the groceries came yesterday and now we have <laughs> chips. I'm so happy. It's the little things. Uh, and Charlotte, I, we're going to take a couple questions, but I thank you so much for doing this today. It's just awesome to share <laughs> and your enthusiasm for this. Does anybody, anybody on the line have any questions? 
Hi, it's Donna. I just wanted to thank both of you for doing the coaching thing because I think so many people could benefit from it that um, I'm glad you guys are doing something um, like that um, for people out there that, you know, reach out to you because I'm, I'm noticing, especially in this time of, of sheltering in place, so many people that don't have hobbies and I think they're the ones that aren't adjusting well to isolation um, as opposed to those of us that love to do creative things all the time. I mean, I'm just knitting up a storm and crocheting and all kinds of fun stuff. I know, John, I still can't figure out how to crochet a face mask, but you could bet I thought about it. <laughs> I keep thinking I should be, I could create a face mask that looks like a beard. Oh, maybe I'm going to do that. A beard, a crocheted beard face mask. Well, I think your Monday class, you should have a, you should do a beginning crocheting class on Monday. <laughs> for people you know I, I I'm not sure that would do well on a podcast but um, <laughs> there are plenty of videos out there right now on YouTube where you can learn to crochet and and you're doing knitting and I think that's harder so oh my gosh but yes you're right I think the idea about hobbies and that's some of Charlotte's point right go figure out where you are where you have gaps in your life where you realize hey I, I don't serve myself there why am I not Mm -hmm. well, is photography my thing? My thing has just been when I take my walks now, I've looked for a theme. The other day it was colors, contrasting colors. So I took pictures that day of contrasting colors. That was my big excitement. But it's, you know, you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so many people, because they fill their lives with so much stuff, they get to, you know, a point like this where we're all, I'm using this phrase grounded, which I'll come back to. Um, and they're like, Hey, I have no hobbies. What do I even do with my time? And then they, they just don't know. Like my hobby is watching Netflix and that's, you know, okay for a short amount of time, but it is really helpful for people to think, well, what did you used to enjoy doing as a kid? Like maybe there's some clues there um, and really trying on different things and exploring and seeing what, what fits and what feels good. Um, so yes, yeah. so grounded's actually perfect because when you got grounded, there were two things that happened. One, you missed your friends for sure. That was mine. Cause I was, <laughs> that was some hella punishment. We, we were called, it was called restricted in our house. You were on restriction. But the other is that you missed your fun, like your bike on your bike or just being able to get outside because usually being grounded meant you often were really quarantined to your house. Mm -hmm. So yeah, even talking on the phone, that used to be a big thing. Nope, no phone privileges. <laughs> Oh, God, just put the extrovert in a box. Why don't you? You might kill me. Could have made me go out and use it in a productive way instead. But eh, my mom paid the price for restricting me. <laughs> That's hilarious, Jen, because I was meaning it in the context of a more like spiritual way. Of course. <laughs> of course you were. Of course you were high-minded and I went right to it. Yes. Grounded is not bad, but you do have to like, that's amazing. <laughs> you have to tap your spirituality. I think that's the, the reflection of the introvert and extrovert there. I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> I know you're safe and I'm I'm going nuts. That's right. You're yeah, like, the introverts love it. Yeah. And um, you know, with with all the busyness that I've got going on at the moment, I'm like, I'll pay good money to to go and be isolated for 12 weeks. <laughs> Donna, thank you for, for chiming in and that too. I really appreciate that. No problem. Charlotte, thanks for coming on today. And thank everybody you, else will be back tomorrow with um, a medium who helps solve crimes. 
uh, very interesting to me, and I, can, I look forward to seeing her. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you, Thank everybody, you for joining for today. Me. <laughs> Bye, everyone.